When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. And welcome to another episode of Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, a podcast dedicated to helping you take back control of your mental health and life. In this episode, I sit down with Dr. Annika Becker to discuss all things hormones and mental health. We discuss how to check for hormonal imbalances, how your hormones affect your mental health, how to navigate treatments, men's hormones, menopause, how to do keto correctly to heal hormonal and mental health issues, how your urine pH can indicate your stress levels, and so much more. Dr. Annika Becker is an internationally recognized triple board certified OBGYN, Emory University trained physician and hormone expert. She specializes in holistic integrative medicine, anti-aging, regenerative medicine, and all things related to menopause and sexual health. She's the author of the best-selling book, The Hormone Fix, and her newest book, Keto Green, was just released, and I highly recommend it. Dr. Anna is also an in-demand speaker and top podcast host. If you enjoy my podcast and want to know how you can help me continue making them possible, please consider subscribing wherever you listen and leaving a five-star review. And please continue sharing this podcast with friends and family. Be sure to also follow me on social media for daily mental health tips and strategies. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Lastly, if you'd like to sign up to receive free weekly text messages from me with more tips to help you with your mental health, just text Dr. Leaf to 80519. You will also get insider access to special events, sales, and so much more. Plus, when you sign up today, you will get 15% off your online order. For more details, just check out the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Before we begin this episode, I want to check in with all of you. How are you doing? How are you holding up? At a time like this, it's vital to focus on your mental hygiene and health. Anxiety, stress, worry, fear, all of these can really weaken your immune system and affect how your brain functions. If you find you are struggling with your mental health or you just can't seem to feel happy, then it's time for mind management. It's time to detox your brain. That's where my new 21-day brain detox app called Switch comes in. It's designed to help you find and eliminate the root of whatever is causing your mental distress and help you replace it with a new healthy neural network and habit. It's just five steps that you do each day for 21 days and will take you about 15 to 30 minutes. 
This is a daily mind management plan to manage your toxic stress. The program has over 30 years of research backing it up and just went through clinical trials again with amazing results. And right now, a three-month subscription is on sale for 50% off. Just go to theswitch.app or look for Switch on Your Brain on iTunes or Google Play. The link will also be in the show notes. Dr. Anna Kabeka, what a tremendous honor to have you in the studio with me today. I'm so excited to interview you. I love what you do. I think you're amazing. And I know my audience are going to really benefit and learn from you and love you as well. Oh my gosh, I am just beaming ear to ear to be able to have this conversation with you. I have admired you, your work. It has so influenced me and my work. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's such an honor. Thank you so much. Well, I've got your hormone fix book right next to me and I know you've got a new one and there's so many things that you and I I mean, we were literally doing a podcast before the podcast because there's so much we can talk about. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you before we dive into so many different, so many important topics today in, in relation to what you do. Can you just share a little bit about yourself that's not in your bio and what got you started, why you do what you do, what keeps you motivated? Yes, I'm happy to. You know, I really have always loved medicine. I was the little girl that just wanted to be a doctor and I have just been amazed with it. And I saw the reason though was I saw my mom struggling with her health mm. at a young age. So she was a diabetic in her 30s. And by age 52, she was requiring heart coronary bypass surgery. Mm. And I remember just, you know, walking home one day after school, I was 16 years old, walking home from the bus stop. And the house was empty. Mom wasn't there. She was in the hospital getting surgery. And I just learned very quickly that so much of what women's health care was based on was based on research in men. Mm. And isn't that insane? Mm -hmm. Women's healthcare based on research in men. I mean, really, where's the disconnect there? <laughs> it's all right, exactly. And and we're just starting. We're just starting to really, you know, over the last couple decades look more at at women. And typically those big studies get into trouble too with pharmaceuticals, mm -hmm. well, women's health initiative study, the HERS trials. Mm -hmm. And but we need, we definitely need more. So I became a very strong women's health advocate. And then Dr. Leaf when I was 39, I was experiencing early menopause post-traumatically. So part of my story and part of my journey has been one of great despair. At age 39, my young son, my toddler son, died in a tragic accident. And mm. Gosh, I, I'm so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. And I can imagine devastation, grief. And from there, mm. I was diagnosed with early menopause and infertility, infertility first and then early menopause. And I was told I would never be able to have another child. Mm. It was, again, devastation upon devastation. And that took me on a journey because my Emory doctor's bag, my Emory University, one of the best institutions in the nation, I mean, I love my mm -hmm. alma mater, my doctor's bag was empty. Everything we tried, everything I knew, nothing worked. Mm. And, and that led me on a journey around the world looking for answers and, and honestly, fighting God every step of the way, mm -hmm. fighting mm -hmm. with God every step of the way, like why, you know, so many questions, how, and mm -hmm. then, and, and again, as, as much as I knew, I, I had nothing to help me, but as part of this journey and as part of 
the healing of my body, of my mind, of my spirit. At age 41, I became pregnant and delivered a beautiful, healthy baby girl named Ava Marie. Yes. That's amazing. Reversed menopause, improved my physical health. But then the journey, I would love to say it was all roses, but like for so many of us, you know, the the phoenix rising from the ashes sometimes goes back into the ashes. Well, exactly. PTSD had a hold on me. And that took me to a, a state of, of burnout and another, like, uh, you know, after reversing menopause to another a stage of, of declining health at age 48. And that mm. put me on this journey now as I've learned to integrate body, mind, spirit, and what I call the keto green way mm. to honor our body, to honor our to honor our physiology, to really Im- improve our health. So it's more than a diet. It is a way of life because I always say it's only about 25% of what we eat. So in part of this journey, again, improving my health, improving my mind, and then sharing this transformation with you know anyone willing to listen. So again, thank you. Oh gosh, well, we have to listen to you because you are filled with wisdom and everything you have to say is something that we need to hear. So, well, let's start with your first book. I mean, your first book is titled The Hormone Fix. I've got it sitting right next to me. I've got all kinds of pages earmarked. Whether we'll get through all my questions, I'm not sure. But can you share a bit about this book and why you wrote it and what are the key takeaways? That's a big question. So you can answer uh-huh. it however you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely, I, like I wrote it because it, you know, this process is these practices that I learned changed my life. It really did. It really changed my life. And because I saw my mom undergoing heart surgery at Mm. 52 and then struggling for another, you know, 15 years till she passed away at age 67, after after struggling, her life was Mm. compromised. And I think, you know, she would have been the most amazing grandmother, the most amazing Mm. grandmother. And I just feel like, you know, if you put up with children, you ought to at least get to be a grandma and have fun with the grandkids. I agree with you. (laughs) So we both have four kids. So yeah, yeah. grandchildren come. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so, and and I, I knew I didn't want to suffer and struggle and I wanted to lead for my children as well, four daughters now. So, mm-hmm. and so I poured into an online, my online community. I, I started working with women virtually. I just wanted to get the message out. I didn't want anyone to suffer like I did. I didn't want anyone to fail in our current medical system like I had. I wa- didn't, you know, I didn't want anyone to struggle like I saw my mom struggle and mm-hmm. so many struggle year after year after year. And so this became a a passion for me. This is one of my purposes to share this information, share my struggles and share, you know, the transformation of not just me, but now hundreds of thousands of, of people. And I'm, you know, blessed to say that. But it's been a journey. It has been a journey. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's not an overnight thing. And that's right up front is you offering tremendous advice in this book. And But it's going to take a commitment. And you have lots of charts. And, and, and there's a program. And there's a way of eating. And there's a lot involved in here. But it's really approaching how to approach menopause. And this book really, t- tell us what the content of the book is, the hormone fix. What do we, f- is it just specifically for menopausal women or perimenopausal? Or when we talk about hormones, because we've all got hormones, is it, who else does this book apply to? Oh, honestly, this is a book that everyone should read. You know, definitely, I mean, women. So certainly every woman should read it. 
over age 30 or even younger if you're struggling with menopausal symptoms. My, mm-hmm. you know, I have 20-year-olds daughters and a big network of their friends and they mm. all read this book. They said it's helped them in so many ways with PMS, mm. with irregular cycles. So it is, I, I wrote it for other women like me. Now I'm, I'm 53 with a 12-year-old. I mean, I have to stay healthy, right? <laughs> so, so mm, absolutely. I have, <laughs> so sure, teenage years are coming. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm leaning into I, your work. I am leaning into your work. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it over for the fourth time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, fortunately, her oldest sister, the next one up is 20, 23, and 31. So, so they are now, I've roped them in to help. There you go. Mm-hmm. That was wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So with the hormone fix, I wanted to give as much of, of my personalized attention to everyone that reads it. So as if someone was to come into my office, the information I want every woman to know, and I would, I would take their questionnaire, they would be giving a questionnaires and I put in, I put in probably, and I think three or four questionnaires in the hormone mm-hmm. fix and, and recommended lab tests and ways that, that we can do, we can be in charge of our own health and take charge, as well as the self-discovery piece of the Keto Green Way. Like, what works for me? What works against me? The discernment of what we really need to know at this time of our life. And what I found as part of my journey, oh, and I just have to share that I've had mm. women well post-menopause, 70, in their 70s, reading and, and loving and learning from the hormone fix. But I've also have had men at all different ages. I just met mm. a 72-year-old zoologist who has all my pages, so many pages earmarked and has given away already seven copies of the hormone fix. And he just, they're so- That's amazing. Much. So I, it, it amazes me. It really does amaze me. And I, I'm humbled to know that. And it's, you know, I'm so glad I'm that it's helping people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it really is. Well, you know, I think I know that the top where there's so many questions I want to ask you, but I, I want you to, to most of my audience know that I talk about mental health and mind and I've done this mind brain research for 38 years now. So mental health, I don't see as something that is a disease. I see it's something that's on a spectrum and we're all battling with. There's no normal brain, which is research from Yale and it's research that I've done. So mental health is something that's challenging every single human, how to manage on mental health. And there's such a link between hormones and mental health. So can we talk about how hormones and mental health are connected and how can understanding and treating hormone issues help with mental health and vice versa? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, with my book, the title, The Hormone Fix, I always say it takes more than hormones to fix our hormones. It really does. And so, hence, it's it's the nutrition aspect of my keto alkaline or keto green approach. And it's the lifestyle aspect of, of managing cortisol and our stress mm. hormone and increasing oxytocin, our love and bonding hormone. And with doing these acts and nourishing our body, both in the food we eat and the way we eat and the timing of when we eat by design and doing the practices that improve, that all improves our hormone. But as we transition through menopause, you know, this time period, I say age 35 to 55, we enter this period of neuroendocrine vulnerability. It's neuroendocrine vulnerability, Dr. Leaf. It is Mm. anxiety, insomnia, PMS, Mm. irritability, depression, mood swings. 
and, you know, mm. fatigue and not to mention all the gynecologic symptoms that I saw in exactly. my patients, the irregular bleeding and the heavier, more painful menses. And, and mm. typically our standard of care would be when a client comes in with complaints of PMS, for instance, well, here's an SSRI med is the mm. first line. And if they're, they come back and they say, okay, well, I'm still having PMS, but my, periods are heavier than normal. And so I'm like, well, here's the birth control pill. Let's do that. And then mm. they come back having breakthrough bleeding, no desire for sex. And then next is maybe a hysterectomy or an ablation. And then next the patients come back in and they're like, well, I'm still having, I'm still having these, I'm still having fatigue. I'm no longer having the bleeding issues, but I have no desire for sex. Um, having a lot of trouble in my relationship. And the next thing is, is this all right? That's like one of the main yeah. side effects is a reduced libido. Right. And so, so exactly, reduced libido. And then the next thing, that, you know, the patient's like, okay, do you know the name of a good divorce attorney? You know what I mean? Where oh, do they go next? But as mm. I learned through my journey and through working at the root cause, the underlying, underlying reason why we're experiencing the hormone imbalance to begin with, certainly natural aging is one, but stress, toxins, trauma, adverse childhood experiences, you know, it just it just name it. The, there's a long list of reasons why we can have worsening symptoms during this period of neuroendocrine vulnerability. And what's fascinating, as I went through this, as I experienced at age 48, this other a relapse of all these symptoms, mm, mm. despite not doing anything different, despite not doing anything different, I started gaining weight. I had mm. memory loss. I had brain fog. I had irritability, anxiety, had all these symptoms, despite everything that was working was no longer working. Now, I had heard my patients say this before to me. Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, got to be doing something different. Like, you know, driving through McDonald's. I mean, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And no, literally not doing anything different, basically gained 20 pounds overnight, it seemed like. And that took me on this mm-hmm. journey to go to figure out, okay, really what's happening physiologically. And I know like dialing in progesterone, dialing in progesterone, one of our mother hormones is so mm-hmm. key as a bioidentical hormone because that starts to decline in our mid-30s. And progesterone is really needed to support cortisol. And also progesterone and pregnenolone are needed to make our other sex steroids like estrogen and testosterone. Mm. And so we enter this flux of our hormones and this add-in stressors and then this protective, neuroprotective hormone progesterone and estrogen are, are further depleted. And that throws us off even more. Mm, so there's a pattern starting. So we have to track and make it really easy for the listeners to understand this. There is from the ages, we're talking about perimenopause and menopause being almost 20 years. 30 can begin as early as 35 and generally goes on till around 55. So for this 20 years, not 30 years. So you've got this t- this this time in your life where all these hormones are changing and there's this neuro 
endocrine brain hormone link that is affecting, that's going to play out physically in your body and mentally in your mind. And we can actually manage this through lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of a summary. So now let's walk through the the process. So one of the first things to start dropping is the the, the progesterone. And you mentioned the role of progesterone. Do you mind, Anna, just, I just want to, Dr. Anna, I just want to make it really simple for the listeners to understand this because it's so important. You said so many brilliant things like in one sentence about the, the, the role of progesterone, the link to cortisol, the fact that it's such an important hormone, what it does and how it's dropping off, how it can bring in some of those symptoms. Can we just walk through that process quickly? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So our hormones are made from good cholesterol. We need healthy fats in our diet to make healthy cholesterol and to nourish our our progesterone. Now, the predominant way that we make progesterone as women is through our ovaries. And especially the second half of our cycle, we call that the luteal phase. And that's when the our hormones are getting our is getting our uterus ready for pregnancy. Well, overage, you know, certainly our levels peak and early on, and then in our late twenties, but definitely by late thirties, we start to get this shift, this decline in progesterone. It's our biological clock, and for some earlier, for some later. So many women may not have any experience, any symptoms, even even to their 50s. But there's over mm-hmm. over 50% of women experiencing experience some symptoms during this time period, 50 to 70% of women. And, and so this declining progesterone, progesterone is needed to make and support our, our other hormones, including cortisol. So when we're stressed, when we're, our body makes cortisol to give us a higher level of alertness and to react sharper or faster it's our it's our stress it's our fight or flight hormone adrenaline and cortisol and cortisol is made from progesterone so mm-hmm. as we deplete this if like if you think of it as a arm if if cortisol is pulling on your hand and progesterone's your shoulder. I mean, you're just going to be like tugging. Mm. Everything's going towards. Everything's going to go towards this direction of cortisol. So on the other arm, think of estrogen and testosterone, your and DHEA or other reproductive hormones, hormones that build us up and support us. Cortisol is a hormone that is a emergency hormone for the most part. It's a anti-inflammatory hormone, and it will calm the storm initially as it excites it, mm-hmm. but it it's it breaks us down. It's called a catabolic hormone. But pr- estrogen and testosterone and DHEA, those are hormones that support us and build us up. So the other arm is just out essentially less. You're going to have less attention to it. Mm. it to have reproductive hormones when you're racing after emergencies. So your reproductive hormones decline and that can cause gynecologic problems, that causes emotional problems, and that certainly causes weight problems as well. And what's Mm. really part of my journey was understanding in order to manage these hormones really, really well, I had to manage cortisol, the fight and flight hormone through behavior as well as nutrition, so lifestyle and nutrition. And I also had to manage insulin because when insulin is high, as it naturally gets higher as we get older, we become more insulin resistant. So mm-hmm. we tend to store more fat. We 
tend to have more inflammatory issues. As we get older, we're more likely to become diabetic. Our risk of diabetes increases. So it also affects testosterone. Insulin has plays as this conductor for our other hormones as well, including progesterone and testosterone. And getting more insulin sensitive also decreases inflammation. So cortisol will also balance because cortisol is our natural anti-inflammatory hormone. So as part of my journey in studying these reproductive hormones for decades of my life, understanding the importance, but it takes more than hormones. So we want to dial this in. I'm a big fan of bioidentical and bioidentical hormones, but the lifestyle hacks that we have in our control to manage insulin and balance cortisol while empowering, I talk about this in the hormone Mm -hmm. fix, my favorite hormone, oxytocin, the hormone of bonding, love, and connection. Mm. Oh, wow. Carry on. This is fantastic. You're explaining this so well. Well, and I think that's when we, and what I learned through going through my own journey, which was I have clients, I started checking my urine pH. First, to back up a little bit. So when I was 48, experiencing that 20 pound weight gain, this like entering that black hole emotionally, Mm -hmm. mentally, the brain fog, et cetera, again, but that 20 pounds really bugged me, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. of course it bugged me that I was more irritable and having struggling relationship with, I had two teenagers at the time, Mm -hmm. but that weight, that really bothered me. And so I went keto and I had put many patients on a ketogenic diet. And as I started experiencing it, I, I recalled that I would hear many of my patients say, you know what, it just doesn't make me feel good. I feel like I'm hitting a wall. And those were the perimenopausal patients. I was feeling the same thing. I was irritable, agitated. I didn't have keto flu because I knew about that. And I was on additional support. I was watching that. I had really good detox. But I had what I called keto crazy. Keto crazy. I was irritable, Mm -hmm. more irritable, and you can't do that with teenagers. Mm -mm. And so I needed to understand why. What was happening to my hormones to create this irritability, right? Physiology affects behavior. And so I started Can I interrupt you for one second there? So this information is so fantastic. And I want, and and before we dive into the keto and the, this, I know it's, it's just such good information. I quickly want to re-emphasize about the cortisol because you've said something that most people haven't heard about cortisol and that's that it's an anti-inflammatory and that it's, it's very important because we always think cortisol, that's so bad. So people just Mm -hmm. want to, it's just all the message in the media. I'm sure, especially now in this pandemic, it's just like, don't have stress, raises your cortisol, lowers your immune system. And yes, we know that, but cortisol also plays a role in as an anti-inflammatory. And you said it really beautifully, how it helps us to focus and handle the immediate situation. And, and I love in your book, you actually have a paragraph where you say that low cortisol is more dangerous than high cortisol. Mm-hmm. And that's a message people aren't hearing. So Anna, before we dive into the keto, because the way you handle keto is just brilliant. Can you just explain a little bit more about cortisol? Yes. Yeah, exactly right. Cortisol is a life-saving hormone. We absolutely need it, but we need it in balance. Cortisol Mm. is what wakes us up in the morning. And, you know, one question I would ask patients, do you wake up feeling rested? 
When you wake up in the morning, are you alert, ready to start your day, or are you still tired, sluggish, you feel like I can never get enough sleep? And that symptom of like waking up still groggy, tired, you've hit the alarm clock six, seven times is a, mm. is a symptom of low cortisol. But cortisol is naturally high in the morning, it wakes us up, and mm-hmm. then it will gradually decline over the day, and then we have a good night's sleep. So there's a natural circadian rhythm to cortisol. And Again, it is an important hormone, but what's happening is our body, certainly during this pandemic, we're releasing a heck of a lot of cortisol. We really Mm -hmm. need to pay attention to this because, you know, many of us aren't on the front lines right now. We're just mentally increasing our cortisol. Mm -hmm. So this is where we really have to claim the peace that surpasses all understanding. Despite my external environment, we have that choice. And that's what I, I so love that about your work. And it's it's that we we you know control what we can control, mm-hmm. manage what we can manage, but our attitude and our the way we respond to it is within our control. And so, because what happens, and I learned this from my experience with PTSD, because even though I'd worked on the physical, I'd worked on the hormones under the surface, I didn't understand that cortisol was still you know was like rearing its ugly head. When cortisol is up for too long, and this is what I'm going to, we're going to see this happening in our country and in the world, but when cortisol is up for too long, the nervous system, an area in our brain called the paraventricular nucleus, mm-hmm. an area in our brain says, okay, you are cortisol, you are frying me out, right? You're, you're on, you know, you're too long. Mm-hmm too much you're you know that's what i think it's out of rhythm (laughs) it is is completely you know on too long and that's going to create this situation which is really dangerous the brain is shutting down cortisol but what happens at the same time is that it's shutting down oxytocin Mm -hmm. so when cortisol goes up oxytocin goes down and when oxytocin goes up cortisol goes down but when cortisol has been up too long, that same area of the brain that's shutting down cortisol, oxytocin's also suppressed at the same time. And that's Mm -hmm. that burnout, that isolation, the depression, Mm -hmm. the despair, the disconnect. And and that's where all the inflammatory symptoms come in because now you're like, okay, that my natural anti-inflammatory does, I, you know, it's been frying me out. So we're suppressing that. So now we have aches and pains and mm-hmm. inflammation and our blood sugar is going higher and our blood pressure is going higher. And it, it's fascinating. I really, I look forward fascinating. to it. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating. Also, what you talk about the role of DHEA, because we've also got the whole DHEA cortisol ratio that we need to look at as well. And in terms of stress and mental health, and if the, as you say, the cortisol goes up, the oxytocin goes down, the DHEA is going to go down. Can you speak about that and mental health and hormones and? Yes, yes. And because DHEA is, is this, you know, the hormone secreted by our adrenal glands and it it predominantly it's also secreted by our ovaries in women and testes in men. Mm-hmm. But peri, peri and post menopause, our adrenal glands have to pick up the production not just of DHEA but also of progesterone because mm-hmm. our ovarian functions lower. And so th- this adrenal hormone DHEA, which I love because it is actually a pro hormone and it helps support the production of estrogen and testosterone. But when it's high, the higher our DHEA is, mental clarity, better memory, mm-hmm. stronger immune system, more resilience, bounce back, handles crises better. We know that with healthier levels of DHEA. 
In this current crisis, it's vital we do everything we can to boost not just our mental health, but also physical health and immune system. That's why I love and recommend bone broth. Bone broth is packed with clean ingredients and nutrients like collagen, protein, and key amino acids that your body needs to thrive. Plus, a healthy gut will improve your mental health and can help reduce anxiety and depression. My favorite bone broth and the one I highly recommend is Kettle and Fire. Kettle and Fire bone broth is keto-friendly, paleo-friendly, and Whole30 approved. Trying to avoid the grocery store? Well, Kettle and Fire is shipped to your door in specially sealed cartons that lock in freshness for up to two years. Get 15% off your order today with code DRLEAF when you go to kettleandfire.com forward slash DRLEAF. The link and offer details will be in the show notes. Mm, I'm so glad you're saying all these things because, you know, I mentioned to you before we started, Dr. Anna, that I'm doing these clinical trials looking at the mind-brain connection. And we've looked from the psychological to the physiological to the neuroscientific, so neurophysiological. It's a very comprehensive study. And what we're seeing is the internal environment that we create with our mind is totally affecting these hormones, like we're seeing the ratio of cortisol DHEA swapping and we're seeing prolactin increasing and we're seeing all these things that you don't want. But what's also interesting is like you talk about cortisol being too low, is some of our subjects started with such low cortisol that you kind of even wonder how they were alive and so unbelievably stressed and how they we managed to actually get their cortisol up. And that was just all mind work. There was it was this was just getting your mind managed, managing that stress that you were speaking about. And it's not obviously we have to use your mind to manage everything and that includes diet and that's why we're going to dive into the keto diet and the way you approach it very soon because we have to part of our internal environment is mind and then how we're going to physically keep our body alive with a good way of eating so i'm just fascinated to hear you saying what you're saying because i'm seeing this in my clinical trials Mm, no, it, it's so important. It's what I experienced and I needed to understand why. Because I was just that I knew cortisol was rock bottom. And as I started like understanding when I started doing something really simple, I'm like, we can check how well we're managing cortisol by checking our urine pH. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I really didn't heard you talk about that. I thought, how simple. It, you know, it is. It's just part of self-discovery. It really makes sense. And it, it's like the most, uh, urine pH is another vital sign. And I always tell women in my online communities, I'm like, I know you're not going to like checking your urine every time you use the bathroom, but you're going to, in two weeks, I promise you, you're going to have discovered so much about yourself that you will love, love, love doing this. And and it's so true. I, I'm going to share a story. Remind me to I'll share a couple stories oh. For me, it was here I was, okay, restricting carbs, part of the, the d- discovery process, you know, going keto, but I was so irritable. I just started checking my urine pH because I know from a functional medicine perspective that we, you know, need to maintain an alkaline urine pH, meaning a pH greater than seven. The higher our pH, the more alkaline, the lower our pH, the more acidic our body was. Well, when I started checking, my urine pH was so acidic that it was, you know, the lowest that the paper would read. I mean, I don't even know how acidic it really was, but I was that was an aha moment for me. I said, no wonder. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought it was all about my diet. But then as I started checking, 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 the mornings I did my prayer journaling and my gratitude journaling or the mornings I walked on the beach, my urine pH was more alkaline all day. 
Oh my gosh, that's fascinating. It's so, and that's how we can manage our stress and test. Well, how am I doing? Mm. You know, like if you have an argument at dinner, you're going to be more acidic and we know you're not going to digest the food as well. You're not going to get the nutrient value that you could would if you had said a blessing and, and laughed during dinner mm-hmm. and had great conversation. So that whole mental, physical connection is so real. This is, you know, it, it's it's been around for hundreds of years, but it's only for the last 30 years, we've been so reductionistic in our approach to medicine and to humans have been reduced, as you and I both know, down to the biomedical models being applied to everything. And mind has just been left. I mean, I was challenged so many times over these last 38 years by people saying the brain is the mind. And I said, no, the mind and the brain are separate, but inseparable. And you have to look at the integration, which is, as we know, functional integrative medicine. And you cannot separate out mind from body because the body yeah. and the brain just do what the mind does. It, it, does respond they respond to the mind and you you seeing that in your practice you've seen that in your work your research everything down to the alkalinity of the the acidity of the urine changing in a few moments just by what you did with your mind mm-hmm. that's phenomenal just saying grace is changing the the acidity of your urine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's just so those powerful practices. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. So that's why diet, I would say, that's why, you know, what's the research show? 93% of diets fail because it's not Mm. just about what we eat. And cortisol is going to increase our blood sugar, is going to increase our insulin and make us fatter over time for many of us, especially in the perimenopause, menopause, when our body's more metabolically efficient, (laughs) we're more likely to store (laughs) than burn up, right? Because we got to save it for that famine. That's fascinating. Before we dive into the keto green, and I want to talk about that extensively, talk a little bit more about BHRT because I personally go for BHRT. It's been a lifesaver. My husband goes as well. And a lot of people ask me, and I mean, I'm pro this, but you're the expert. Can you talk about how that's part? We've got to manage our mind. We've got to manage our diet. I deal a lot with mind. So do you. We're going to talk about the keto green for managing diet. Let's talk about BHRT for a moment before we dive into the keto green. Yes, definitely. And this is something that was so eye-opening to me because at that point when I was 48 and I was struggling struggling with my memory, my mood, you know, my mind in general, but there was so much going on there and I didn't I needed to understand why. Now as I and then, you know, discovering my the, what worked and just over the last three, four years, did I find out why this approach works so well? Because we we are learning now that for our brain, our brain will use glucose for fuel or ketones for fuel. And the brain's ability to use glucose for fuel is an estrogen-dependent process. Mm. So as our hormones start to decline, and we have less circulating estrogen. I really believe it's progesterone predominantly when I look at the curve of how our brain is using glucose for fuel. In this period of neuroendocrine vulnerability, 35 to 55, we get a sharp decrease of our glucose utilization in the brain, which mm-hmm. is fascinating. So 
where hormones are part of the reason, it's a fuel problem. So mm. I always so the, tell my so the drop in the proge- sorry to to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but the drop in progesterone, which is happening at that time, is showing is linked. There's a link. I yes, and I want definitely want to see research in this area. Mm. We're looking at it with estrogen, and so estrogen use during this time appre- appears to improve glucose utilization in the brain. So estrogen hormone replacement, and I usually will do it transdermally after age 50. So through the skin or or you could do a trochee, but we want to avoid oral estrogen because that can increase some inflammatory markers. We know that. So switching, mm-hmm. especially over age 50, to a transdermal a cream or spray or patch are, are, are good options for estrogen, but we've left out progesterone. Mm. And in my clinical practice, as women, I started using progesterone at night to help women sleep when they had issues with anxiety. And these are women who have had a hysterectomy. So they may have had 20 years with only estrogen. And I started giving them progesterone. And they would come in and tell me one after the other after the other is, Dr. Anna, I feel like a cloud has lifted. Wow. And that, that neuroprotective. So I started studying progesterone in the brain. Mm-hmm. And it has the brain has so many progesterone receptors. So it's not just mm-hmm. about our uterus. Progesterone in the uterus, our bone, our breast, our fascia. We have hormone receptors all throughout our body. Mm-hmm. So this adding back hormones during this time period and shifting goes two things. Want to balance our hormones, but we also have to shift from using glucose to using ketones. The brain's ability to use ketones for fuel is not a hormone-dependent process. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that? Yeah. So so I would say like for brain food, for our brain food, it's glucose as the first and readily available, but glucose is to gasoline as ketones are to jet fuel. So mm-hmm. ketones mm-hmm. we get from fat. We get from our body's own fat or the fat in our diet, mm-hmm. but only in, I would say, the fat in our diet in the absence of glucose. So hence the low-carb ketogenic diet. But and there's a for right. us. What we want to do is shift to the jet fuel. So we want the ketones, not the glucose. Yes. Yes, but we, absolutely. The, but we need the progesterone and we need the estrogen in order to do that. Yes. And I would add in some DHEA and testosterone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Postmenopausally, so then, absolutely too. Uh, so then pellets is an option as well for, you know, the pellets that you do like every three or six months for BHRT. Are you, how do you yeah. feel about that? I typically, I typically will do a trochee for women. I like I like trochies, which are almost like a lozenge that your compounding pharmacist can create mm-hmm. that goes between your cheek and gum and dissolves mm-hmm. in your mouth. And so that way we can we can micromanage our hormones because sometimes we need more, sometimes we need less with pellets, though they have a place. And especially like I, I've used pellets in myself and in others when it was like I don't I can't even remember to my kid's name, let alone to take a vitamin every day, let alone my hormones, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's it. The nice thing about pellets, it's in and it's there, but there's also this really big bell curve for the hormones. So you get like a really big high and then, you know, it diminishes off and it can also be too much. So lower dose, I will say, go start low, go slow as far as dosing. And so there's definitely a place for pellets. And I do love testosterone pellets, not estrogen pellets. I think mm-hmm. I've only used estrogen pellets in one or two women in my entire career because 
the estrogen goes in at different levels. And testosterone does convert to some estrogen. And so does, you know, and progesterone supportive of the reproductive hormones too. So, and we don't want too high doses of estrogen either. So testosterone, but in a trochee, you can customize testosterone, mm-hmm. some progesterone, a little DHEA, and a little bit of estrogen, which is which is really nice, mm-hmm. nice way to do it. And so that can be a combination. That's a pretty classic perimenopause, postmenopause combination that I'll do. But if we have heart disease, like with the disadvantage of the trochee, if we are at risk or we have heart disease, then again, we would take the oral estrogen out. So then you can switch to a cream, which is safer. Transdermal hormones are safer. They're so much safer mm-hmm. than oral, than swallowing. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fantastic so. information. Okay, get us back to the ketones and why we want that for our fuel and how to do it and your keto green and you've got a new book coming out. <laughs> We've got a lot. We've got so much to cover. It is. It's really exciting. So as part of this, this discovery process, going back to my time period there at age 48, and I was feeling that irritability going keto. And that's where I really identified that your urine pH was really acidic, you know, big aha moment. No wonder I'm so cranky and irritable, but you know, you can't, can't be that way. And so I started really working on the low carbohydrate greens because, you know, I have been well over 240 pounds at one point in my life, and I lost mm-hmm. 80 pounds and I had kept those 80 pounds off for a decade. I did not wow. want that weight to come back on. Mm-hmm. And so I started with all like the kale soup, the Swiss chard, the bone broth, the, you know, collard greens. I'm in the Southeast, so we have lots mm-hmm. of collard greens. So everything low carbohydrate, alkalinizing greens and adding increase. I use my Mighty Maca Plus supplement and, you know, mm-hmm. drinking that a couple times a day, adding apple cider vinegar, the unfiltered apple cider vinegar, very Mm -hmm. alkalinizing to our bodies and also helps your digestion. So you're absorbing more from your meals. And so we started these little things to increase my urine pH. And then that's when I was noticing those mornings I walked on the beach or did my gratitude journaling that I my urine pH was had easier time getting and staying more alkaline all day. So that made me dig into, okay, well, what all's what all is going on here? And then how do we create not just what we eat, but a lifestyle? The big thing, it can be really challenging the older we are, and also if we've had metabolic challenges to get into ketosis. Many of us have are already at by I'm 53 by my age are already insulin resistant, so have more circulating glucose. It gets harder for us to get into ketosis. This is mm-hmm. where intermittent fasting and prolonged fasting comes in as we start to train our essentially our, our muscle or our keto muscles, so to speak, so that we can start using our own fat for fuel or the fat from what we're eating for fuel so that we can give our brain that jet fuel. And so with the keto part, a very healthy keto, not, I always say there's keto dirty and there's keto Mm. clean, which is keto green. And mm-hmm. so, you know, grass-fed meats, if we're eating, I, in my new book coming out, Keto Green 16, there's a vegan plan by popular demand. So there's, there is ways that we can customize it for vegans and vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But if we're eating meats, and I'm an omnivore, so grass-fed, free-range, wild-caught mm-hmm. to the best of our ability, and as much organic as we can, or clean-sourced food as possible because of the endocrine disruptors in the food we eat, create this losing battle for us. 
Exactly, the chemicals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote a book called Think and Eat Yourself Smart, where I cover those things. But it's like you, because you, I love the way you approach th- eating is very much a thinking thing as well. So, mm-hmm. and, and the eating, what you've said, describing eating real food, the description you gave of what kind of food to eat. I mean, that's real food. We need to eat real food mindfully. I really like your approach there. Yeah. And I like how you said real food mindfully. Absolutely. That that's key. Yeah, that's the rule that I say. There's one rule for eating that I that I teach in my book, Thinking Eat Yourself Smart, and it is eat real food mindfully. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It does. It makes such a difference. And like those those little aspects and being mindful, chewing our food till it dissolves mm-hmm. in our mouth and not drinking with our meal so that we don't elude our digestive enzymes to be able to, you know, get as much as we can from the food we are eating. So mm-hmm. that mindfulness can into play beautifully with that chewing because you know mm-hmm. my kids are my kids are always like oh you know it's really hard to chew a grape 32 times <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah for sure but you need to do it <laughs> you need to do it till it dissolves in your mouth and then swallow you're good and so okay. that whole concept of getting keto alkaline and testing not guessing makes a big difference because we can be eating the best food and i've seen this in in my patients you know really healthy eaters healthy lifestyle but they you know have one disease after another or you know you've seen the healthy vegetarian or vegan that you know ends up with breast cancer and like how can mm-hmm. that be they eat so healthfully well toxins and stress because mm-hmm. that's going to create still an acidic effect so you know it's not just what we're eating which is so important but when we're eating so intermittent fasting and no snacking that's part of my rules as well as, you know, maybe who we're eating with <laughs> and so our mindset at the table. Mm-hmm. That's so important. You know, you talk about that. I love what you're saying here with the whole mindfulness approach to eating as well. But when, when one changes to a diet, they are going to be, do you change your way of eating? They're going to be hormone changes and they're for the better as you're explaining to us when you move over to keto green, this, cause you spoke keto dirty and you spoke keto green. So we, there's so many versions of keto out there and, and it can be confusing in a way for people, but you've made it very simple. But when someone changes their diet, there are hormonal changes. And, and I'm going to give you a, an example from, from my own life. One of my daughters, she, because we all eat keto and we pretty much eat keto green and, and we totally, we love it. And it's changed our life and it's, I think it's fantastic. But one of my daughters, she started experiencing hair loss when she switched to keto, but everything mm-hmm. else improved. She felt healthier. She lost weight. She just felt fantastic. Can you answer and explain what is going on potentially there? And how does one navigate these hormonal changes when switching to diets or switching to another way of eating? I hate the word diet, don't you? I mean, yes, let's I do. About, let's talk about rather a healthful way of eating that is going to be good for our neuroendocrine system. <laughs> Yes, yes, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And definitely that hair loss is a big issue is and one of the keto symptoms. And you think, okay, well, what's going on? Well, if we're more acidic, if we're on the acidic side and we're not alkalinizing our body, there's inf- inflammation. And then cortisol will be released to quench inflammation, right? So mm-hmm. and also, again, we are what we eat Eight, you know, we eat what we eat eight. So like if there's endocrine disruptors or anything too, but cortisol is a big player here with hair loss. And I didn't know that till I experienced mm. my own terrible, terrible hair loss in my early 40s. And so 
stress. So when we are stressed, cortisol increases the conversion of testosterone to dihydrotestosterone. Mm. So testosterone, a hormone in both men and women, but dihydrotestosterone is really more dominant in men. And cortisol increases that conversion. And so what happens is that many women will start to experience as cortisol's up for, you know, a number of reasons, but also dietarily, hair loss and even like androgenic hair loss, like around the temples or the top of the head. And mm. and so we'll often see that. So again, managing cortisol, check urine pH, get it alkaline, manage a lifestyle stress, as well as adding in more of the micronutrient-rich vegetables too. And now, because you've got amazingly rich, thick, long hair now, so you've obviously restored your hair because yeah. you had that went through the hair loss. And would you attribute it to this exactly what you just described—the increase in cortisol, which then influences the whole conversion of testosterone to D? Di- what do you, how do you say that? The dihydrotestosterone DHT Dihydro- for short DHT <laughs> yeah. that's yeah that's the easier version to say yeah. and obviously so have you reversed that through managing mind and managing using keto green basically and that's how your hair's grown back Yes, and definitely that, again, creating that peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. And when I had that hair loss, and I sometimes when I lecture, I show that picture. And it, it's, you know, it's a terrible picture, but pulling back my hair in a headband, I had hair loss all the way back to my crown on my temples. And when I saw mm-hmm. that, I was devastated because I, you know, had... I'd been had so much stress at that point of my life, my business, my marriage. It was just one stress after, and the PTSD. And that was still under the surface as much as I thought I'd I had a better handle on it. And so that was in my early 40s where I had this hair loss. And I was like, well, my thyroid's dialed in, you know, like my thyroid's great. All my numbers were optimal, not just normal, but optimal. I mean, that's what I do. And that's when I I dug deep and I found out how cortisol can do that. Cortisol can make that conversion. And so now during this time, like if I always very alert of how stress is affecting me, because if I'm allowing stress to affect me, number one, my urine pH will be acidic, but number two, I'll start to experience hair loss. Wow, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So to actually monitor you, I'm going to reset what you've just said, because thank you, you've just gone to the whole mind concept of managing toxic stress. If we don't manage toxic stress, it's like a primary, you've mentioned this so often throughout our discussion, that if we're not managing our mind, if we're not managing, because stress is good for us, unless it's unmanaged and it becomes toxic. And if that does, it messes with our hormones and a very quick symptom of that is hair loss and obviously there's it's related to the acidity of the urine and if we can if we can monitor our stress manage our mind get our bodies into ketosis through a keto green diet and we can actually start reversing that process and then monitoring the acidity of our urine have i said that correctly that is perfect that is perfect and i would add one thing in here that's the most powerful part of part of managing our stress is increasing more pleasure in our life to empower like oxytocin mm-hmm. increasing more pleasure in our life to empower oxytocin you know oxytocin was one of those hormones that was spoken about for it was very in fashion at one stage and now it's not spoken about as much as it should be but it's as you say the relationship between oxytocin and cortisol and our hormones the rest of our hormones our sexual hormones is so relevant Yes. Oh, and it reminds me to tell you the story that I wanted to tell you. Yes, please do. So I have one of my clients who's in my online program called Magic Menopause and she, her name is Kathy. And so she is 67 years old Mm -hmm. and she is, you know, she said, she goes, Dr. Anna, I've been, you know, 
uh, you know, watching the news. I'm up here just outside of New York and I'm, I've been really worried and I've been checking my urine because I know and I've been a, a really hard time getting alkaline. But my grandbaby just had his second birthday. I wasn't able to see him. I was so upset about that. But we did a virtual birthday party. And I knew like just we had so much fun just through the video chatting. And the next time I went to the bathroom, I was so alkaline. It just, you know, I because I knew it. I knew it as soon as I checked because I had so much fun that I would be more alkaline. Nothing changed in her diet. Her diet had been dialed in. Stress had made her more acidic. And then that virtual birthday party with her two-year-old grandbaby, made that oxytocin oh. poured in and made her more alkaline. That's amazing. And that mm-hmm. takes me straight to, because I know everyone's now saying, well, how do we test our urinal pH daily? What is the, What do we do? Oh, so I created these urine test strips. You can get pH paper anywhere. You know, every pharmacy, health food store has pH paper. So you can just get straight pH paper. But I always okay. typically have clients test pH and ketones because many people think they're doing ketogenic diet, but they never get into ketosis. Mm. And we- I often tell clients we want metabolic flexibility and there are so many good healthy carbs like sweet potatoes. Oh my gosh, I could not go months without sweet potatoes. Oh gosh, I agree with you. (laughs) So good for us. That is like good brain food. Those sweet potatoes. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, fruit. So having that metabolic flexibility of feast days will kick us out of ketosis, but then we Mm. hop back in. But that's really important for our bodies. So checking urine pH and ketones. So I created these really just inexpensive urine test strips with pH and ketones, but you can definitely get pH paper and ketone strips anywhere. That takes me to my next question. How can people find out more about you and about getting these strips and that test for pH and ketones and your books? Thank you. Yeah, my website, dranna.com. So D-R-A-N-N-A.com, like drana.com. <laughs> okay, got it. Then Easy. It, can can they buy the pH strips and mm-hmm. the ketone strips from there as well? Yes. And yes. do you recommend that they should do this testing daily, that we should all be doing this testing daily? Yeah, especially starting out like several right now because of the, I'm very cognizant. Number one, I don't want hair loss. Number two, I I want to live to see my beautiful grandbabies one day, God willing, everyone's single Mm -hmm. right now. But I, I, you know, because of the initial, and I definitely want to talk with you about this with the original, the stress of the pandemic, right? That's that Mm -hmm. increase in cortisol. So I've been checking my urine every time I use the bathroom because I want to manage it. I want to get stay more alkaline. I want to make sure that my mental atmosphere is governing, my mind is governing my physiology, and I'm not letting the news govern my physiology. Very like I'm good. staying in control here. I love that. That is incredible. And that's such a practical thing that people can do in this day and age, because there's a direct link between what your, your, your body's telling you a story. Anna, tell us why alkaline is better. Alkaline is better for so many reasons. And certainly what we see with more of an alkaline urine pH, because I'm not talking about blood pH, our blood pH is going to really stay very, very stable unless we're very sick. But our urine pH is that thermostat. It's that vital sign that like our heart rate or our blood pressure Mm. or our weight and the reason we want an alkaline urine pH is because there are hundreds of scientific studies have shown that higher urine pH, 7, 
and are associated with decreased risk in diabetes, decreased risk of hypertension, decreased risk of cancer, and decreased risk of osteoporosis, as well as other inflammatory conditions. If we think alkalinity versus acidity, I always tell clients, think of alkalinity like you're in the Amazon jungle. There's a waterfall and beautiful flowers around Mm. you, and you're eating a mango or some fruit that you love that's just wild-grown, and you've picked it, and you just hear the waterfall in the background. I mean, Mm. just relaxing. It's a it's a, a beautiful visual for me. And then the opposite with acidity, acidity, think of a city like New York City or, mm. or London, very industrial and very, mm. you know, there's smoke and toxins and exhaust fumes, and that creates an acidic environment. In those environments, we have to do more. And in a stressful environment, we have to do more to alkalinize our body, nourish our body. And we have to do the lifestyle practices that improve our physiology as well. So the acidity is not going to help our neuroendocrine system. In fact, it's not going to help any system, not one single structure of the brain or body, right down to the biochemistry, the blood, everything is, is not going to benefit from acidity, but it benefits from alkalinity. And just the mere fact that our blood stays around 7.4, I think it is, is that correct? It stays around, yes. should, mm-hmm. is, is this indication that this is what's good for our body and we need to pay more attention to that. And the keto green diet, along with managing our mind, is, um, well, mind managing mind and, and, and something like the keto green diet is vital and valuable way of increasing alkalinity in the body. And you could test that every time you go to the, I think what you said now is such a great tip for in this pandemic that you can mm-hmm. literally monitor your urine acidity every time you go to the bathroom to see how you are reacting to the stressful situation that we're currently under. And then hearing what you've taught us today, that this is going to throw our entire neuroendocrine system out of balance in our whole body. This is a great tool, a practical tool that we can start using right now to get our mind back under control. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes, I love what yes. you said there. I encourage it. I think it's essential. All my clients and I've been live in my communities and on a daily basis really trying to support help and not let anyone do this alone, but also bring this attention now. Like we have a, a choice of how we handle this situation, of how we and how it affects us. We really have so much control over this. I don't want anyone to give their power over their body, mind, certainly physiology away right now. We have to own that control, be in charge of our health, be the president or CEO of our own body. I love that. I always say to everyone that such the way you said it now is beautiful. And, and what I always say is we can't control the events and circumstances, but we can control our reactions. And on that note, we're going to put all the links to your Hormone Fix, the new book coming out, your website. We're going to have all that great information in the show notes. And Anna, I feel like we just started the conversation. We've been going for an hour and I I just know you're going to be back on the show again and we're going to continue this discussion because it's been fascinating and very, very, very educational and informative. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And you know, I can't wait to have you on my podcast, the Girlfriend Doctor podcast, because I have so many questions for you. Oh, I'm so excited to come (laughs) on that as well. It's going to be so much fun. That's going to be so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com. 
and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leith. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.